Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever. Two 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 this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greg, hey, how's everything going? Happy Thursday to you Thursday. That means the week is almost over, Greggy. Excited. The weekend, Memorial Day. It is. It is, in fact, Memorial Day weekend. Very excited to get started with you and very, very excited to get everything underway. I'm also excited to be joined as we are each and every Thursday, by the man, the show-off, it's Brad Ziegler. What's going on, Brad? Not a lot, guys. How are you doing? Uh, not much, man. I'm, I'm doing well. I feel good. How, uh, Brad, how did you sleep last night? <laughs> uh, decent. Okay. Um, we, we've had a pretty, pretty strong uh, series of thunderstorms coming yeah. through the Midwest, so uh, sometimes the nights are a little, little dicey, a little loud, um, loud thunder. The dogs get nervous. The kids get nervous. Uh, but other than that, all good. Frank, how did you sleep last night? Uh, I slept well. I was, I was out like a light, Greg. I, I, I went out for dinner last, uh, not last night. I told you about that. Went to a Mexican restaurant. Uh, drank a margarita tower. Sounds delicious. That's 100 ounces of margarita. You drank it by yourself? No, 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 no. You, you have to have four people with you in order, in order to get it done. How much of it did you, did you drink? Probably like three or four glasses. Raspberry margarita. Love it. Sounds great. I, had a ras- I, slept, I slept very well. I had a raspberry yogurt this morning. That's gross. I'm sorry. It's not very nice. <laughs> Brad, do you like yogurt? <laughs> uh, I like yogurt, but I, I am not a raspberry fan at all. So I would, I would definitely pass on that one. Lots of a mistake by you and both of you, really. So, Yogurt's good for you. It gets the body working, the stomach working. It's, like, it's almost like a probiotic. Well, it also tastes gross. In my opinion. Sorry, Greg. It's fine, I Frank. I with you, man. It's just I prefer bacon, egg, and cheese. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Most people, most people do. Yes. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into today's show. We only have Brad, obviously, uh, for a little while. And I want to start uh, with the Yankees. And I want to start with Giancarlo Stanton because this is ridiculous already. And I know we're, I'm a Yankee fan and Frank's a Yankee fan. And I know we're fantasy players. And we, that we own Giancarlo Stanton on a team that's in second place. We want to get to first. And we really need Stanton back. But, Brad, this is really ridiculous at, at this point where – he has a strained bicep, which is, okay, fine, he'll be back in, in about three weeks. All good. That turns into a quarter-zone shot in his shoulder, which has been significantly bothering him going back to his days in Miami when you played together. Fine. But although it was very weird the Yankees didn't reveal anything about this. At all. But he was going on a minor league rehab assignment. First game, hits a home run. Talks to the reporters after the game. I'm feeling good. Ready to DH tomorrow. I'll be back in no time. Just got to get my bats under me. Fantastic. Doesn't say a word to anybody that the next day he had a little bit of calf tightness. Uh, what? From a hit. He was hit by a pitch in 
batting practice on the calf muscle. I don't even know how that works because your legs, I don't even know how the ball is going to get to the calf. I don't know how that works. I don't even know if I believe it. So fine. All good. Until he scratched from the lineup that night. Next day, yeah, he should be ready to go. Should be back in there DHing right on schedule until he's pulled off the rehab assignment because he has a strained calf muscle from a hit by a pitch. Now, Aaron Boone, the manager, was asked, how do you strain your calf muscle from being hit by a pitch in batting practice? Aaron Boone responds, I have no idea, but he is. What do you make of all of this? Well, the, the biggest thing, I, I mentioned this before, when a guy gets hit with a pitch, it weakens the muscles in that area. Um, even if it's batting practice, you know, a guy throwing 60 miles an hour, it's not, you know, not a huge deal. You don't think of that much of it. Uh, but if he gets hit square in the muscle, it, it you know, it's probably going to bruise. It's going to uh, weaken that muscle a little bit. And, and it just becomes tighter naturally. And you're talking about a guy who's already a, a, a massive human being. I mean, he's six, seven, you know. 250 pounds and just chiseled at, at that point it, he, he is very muscle bound he um it, his he needs everything to to be functioning properly because he doesn't have the room for error that us guys with a little pudge have um it, it's <laughs> it, everything's got to be going going just smooth and and so um when when you get a little nick here and there his his body will react differently than it does to the average human being and and because of that um you know it it, it lends itself to to you know, a uh, higher volatility for injury, injury likelihood. Yeah, so he is jacked up, unlike our little pudge. Not you, Brad. We, we have the pudge. You're, you're, you're yeah, really Brad's in shape. Brad's definitely in shape. Yeah, he's clearly yeah. in shape, yeah. No doubt. Um, but uh, when it comes to Stan, I know, Frank, your question was, can you be too jacked? Yeah, like, is that a real thing? I mean, this guy is built like Hercules, Brad. And there was an article earlier on uh, in the season. It might have been the Post or the Daily News, whatever it was. And they said... Well, the reason why Babe Ruth never got hurt was because he was just a fat guy who ate hot dogs and drank beer. And is there any truth to like being too muscular for baseball? Is that is that even a thing? Is that real? I I definitely think so, and I, I think it can be real not only in baseball but in all sports. I mean, look at look at how many non-contact injuries happen in football because the body's just not designed to hold the muscle mass that that it's holding. Now the joints get strained uh, at, at a you know at a higher rate. Um, the, the, everything is, is just working differently than it is if you're just a normal human being walking through life, uh, in general. So, um, yeah, you can, I think you can get too muscle strapped. I think you can, um, get to the point where it almost hinders you, especially in a scenario where you're, you're injured and trying to come back from it. It might take you a little longer and, and you're, you have a higher likelihood for setbacks. Greggy, I think we should start a, a petition for the Yankees, specifically Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, to go on the CC Sabathia diet. <laughs> have a, have I mean, for, we, forget the CC. Something here, it's not working. These forget the CC diet. Just have the Greg and Frank diet will work fine. Well, uh, minus the yogurt. Minus the yogurt. yogurt. Yogurt's too healthy. Minus the salads as well. You don't, you don't yeah, want no, no, to do that. CC, by the way, actually headed uh, back to the IL with his own knee problems. Of course. <laughs> Although, I honestly, I'm not like, Backpatting or anything, but I watched him obviously last Normally night. If you say you're not, that means I'm, you're about, I'm about to, yeah. So I watched him last night. I was like, I feel like the knee's bothering him. Like he just seemed a little off, uh -huh. and it was like, it wasn't when he was limping around, but just something seemed off. I go, like, I think the knee is bothering him. And when I saw it after the game, I was like, oh, it was cool. I knew it. You know, I mean, little small things. It. Yeah, yeah. You just Sometimes we, you can watch. You know we've watched CC for over a decade now, so like you you, you kind of know certain things. It was like, oh, that was pretty cool. 
But speaking of non-contact injuries, Brad, and speaking of injuries in general, and injuries that Babe Ruth never had, uh, that brings us to a strained oblique muscle. And Wade Davis is the latest, Aaron Judge being not the earliest, but another recent one, that has a strained oblique. I feel like I wouldn't even know if my oblique was strained. So maybe I'll just walk out of here today and be like, hey, I have a strained oblique. But... This you is an you injury. have to have an oblique to strain it. Good point. <laughs> that's the real. If you've never strain. worked out that muscle, Greg, you probably don't have it. That's a really good point. Um, so maybe that's why Babe Ruth and all those guys years ago never had a strained oblique muscle. Uh, what is it? How does it hurt? And how, I don't know, how painful is it, I guess? Uh, so I, I fortunately never had a strained oblique. I, I strained a back muscle uh, that was very close to the oblique, but oblique's basically just the side of your rib cage down in here. Oh. Um, if you're if you're a pitcher, you're a a, a hitter. Obviously, it's a huge muscle um, to to potentially have an injury because if you're you're there's so much rotation in baseball that it is you know extremely likely um, that that you will re-injure this again, or you will have a, a setback when you have an oblique issue. Um, they're very easy to, to hurt. You know, it, it can be picking up a suitcase. It can be bending over to pick something up. You, it's a, it's, it's kind of like a back, like it affects so many things that you do that, that it doesn't take a lot, especially the older you get, it doesn't take a lot to strain it. Um, and it, it is such a vital part of, of playing baseball. Um, and, and it's painful. I mean, it, it can you can strain it bad enough to the point where, like, you have trouble breathing. Uh, it, you can pull ribs out of place uh, if you strain it bad enough. So it's just something to, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of people – uh, may not may not realize it, but at the same time, it can be a huge factor. It's hard to come back from. Um, at that standpoint, it's um, it, it is going to be something to monitor for Wade Davis long term because, like I said, this is an injury that can be uh, uh, have. It's very likely um, that there will be setbacks in the rehab process. So you can hurt your oblique by violently swinging any by violently swinging a bat like Aaron Judge did or or violently doing anything with your core your side muscle here um like like Wade Davis did so you're saying Brad if i violently swing this umbrella right here like this there's a good chance break something given that i have not worked out my core muscles over here i will hurt my oblique and then i can go on the IL and miss work for a while uh it's, <laughs> it's possible um, right. uh, again that that it actually can be something where if you don't work it out a whole lot, it actually may not be that much of a problem. Damn but whenever you do work it oh, out, it, it can be uh, it can be something where, um, you know, kind of like the Stanton thing, you've got these muscles that are bigger than they're designed to be, and, and therefore they're more susceptible to injury. All right. So I guess there's no chance of me injuring my oblique swinging this umbrella. <laughs> you keep playing spike ball and, and kickball. I'm sure you'll, you'll end up straining something. It's a good point. It's a good point. I'm, you're confident. I'm for that not to happen. You're, you're confident. I'm rooting for that not to happen. Sticking, sticking with Colorado, though, Brad. Uh, so Wade Davis goes out, and they announced shortly after that that Scott Oberg was going to actually be the interim closer. But it wasn't like clear to fantasy owners that Oberg would be the guy. Like his underlying numbers not great. He had a good year last year. Almost uh, as many walks as strikeouts. So strikeouts, eleven walks. So not great, Bob. Not great. Fair to say, but he's ultimately gotten the job done. Is there a feel? inside the bullpen that like they know who's going to be the guy when to fantasy owners it's not necessarily clear like I, I think it's one thing where there's clearly a guy a guy like yourself who has closing experience and a guy goes down you're the next man up like texas was pretty obvious right jose leclerc goes down clearly sean kelly was going to take over and he's done so even coming off the il 
With Colorado, it, it wasn't that easy for us fantasy owners until Bud Black named Scott Oberg the closer um, with Wade Davis out. Is there that feeling in the bullpen, and, and how do the rules change, and, and how do the guys react to that? Uh, I think a lot of times you have a pretty good idea who it's going to be, especially if your your eighth inning guy has been throwing well. A lot of times it'll be that guy. Um, there there are the scenarios where, um, especially in today's game, the way bullpens are used, where guys, um, you know, managers may not want to alter the the. Oh, the the chemistry of the bullpen. They want to keep guys in these certain roles and and kind of have someone leapfrog them uh, to get to the ninth inning because you've got a guy that's succeeding in the eighth inning. Why change it? You've got a guy that's succeeding in the seventh inning. Why change it? You've got a guy to come in with runners on base. Why change it? Let someone else figure out the ninth and at least use those other guys to get the ball to the ninth. Whereas if you change up a whole lot of other stuff uh, prior to the ninth inning, then it's possible that you don't even get to the ninth inning with a lead. So. Um, I think, um, you know, obviously a guy with closing experience uh, helps, but it's not it's not mandatory. I mean, especially when you're talking about a short time, all you need is a guy that's pitching well at that moment. Get get us through this time where our closers out, um, you know, hopefully for for Wade's sake, that is a short amount of time. Uh, but but like I said, it, it could turn into a lengthy, a lengthy thing. And at that point, you've got to kind of feel. Um, like, like Oberg's going to have a chance here to essentially establish a really good role on this team. And, and when, as far as within the bullpen, um, a lot of times the, the manager will sit down, um, you know, especially prior to a series and, and say, look guys, um, you know, obviously Wade's out now. Um, so this is the scenario, what we're going to do. And they'll, they'll kind of lay it out for everybody. And a lot of times they will, they, he probably would have talked to Oberg ahead of time. Uh, and let him know, hey, you're going to be the guy right now so that you can start preparing mentally to be that ninth inning guy, to be the guy um, that that is in that situation. You start you you, you do everything differently. You start stretching later in the game. Uh, you start uh, mentally preparing like, OK, where are they at in the lineup? Uh, you know, who's who's it looking like it might be in the ninth inning and start looking at scouting reports, uh, have a good feel for who's on the bench, who might be pinch hitting. Um, it, it does change a little bit, depending, you know, if you're if you're especially if you're not used to being an eighth or ninth inning guy. I want to stick with the bullpens here, Brad, and I want to kind of go to the opposite of the closer right now, which is the opener. Uh, first and foremost, I want to ask, how do you feel about the opener? Uh, considering that you were a successful reliever for as long as you were, and how would you have felt if you were asked to be an opener? Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm kind of a traditionalist a, a little bit to the point where I don't even like um, you know the managers taking starting pitchers out after 60, 70 pitches just because of a, a matchup potentially. So um, at the same time, um, I, I realize that analytics are changing the game. Some teams are, are really buying into this. Um, if I was asked to do it, the hardest part, if you've never done it before, or even moving from a starter to reliever or vice versa is figuring out a, a warm-up routine. When do I start throwing? Because it, when you're a reliever, a lot of times where they're at in the, the lineup in the inning will dictate, you know, how, how fast you go when you start throwing. If you're, if they finish the seventh inning and they call the manager calls down, says Ziggler's got the eighth inning. You know, you've got three outs. You can kind of watch the game, get a feel for for how the inning is going to see, you know, when exactly you need to be ready. If you get two quick outs, you got to speed it up. If it's you, you guys get a couple base hits and a walk to start the inning, you kind of back it down a little bit because you don't want to throw 60 pitches in the bullpen before you go out there. That's harder to do whenever you're, you're essentially saying, hey, you got the first inning. You know, if it's the the bottom of the first that, that you're pitching, if you're on the road, then maybe it's you can kind of treat it like I'll just get up and start throwing you know, when the, when the game starts, 
But if it's the top of the first and you're you're the home team and you're going out there to lead, it's you, most relievers don't know how much time it takes them to get loose. You have a kind of a certain number of throws maybe, but the adrenaline is different when you're warming up and there's nothing going on on the field except guys just kind of running around, stretching, national anthem, all that stuff. That's different than when you're pitching the seventh inning. So um, I would not have been a fan of it. At the same time, um, you know, most guys would be like, hey, if, if this is what you think is the best chance to win, give me the ball. Brad, do you have a couple more minutes to hang out with us? Yeah, of course. Awesome. So when we come back, we talked to Brad before the season began about pine tar and substance. Let's kind of back in the news. I'm interested to talk to Brad about that, as well as coming back from injury and finding your groove. We'll talk to Brad Ziegler about that here on the BFFs next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Full-time fantasy A superstar like Damian Lillard has to take over. You know, you want to be regarded as a superstar. You see Golden State charging. You got to find a way to get a basket and stave off some of the momentum. And, you know, I don't like killing Dame because we know how good he is. But, you know, this is where you're measured in the postseason. You know, this is the epitome of an elite team in Golden State. This is where you got to shine. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. We are back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample, Brad Ziegler, and Greg Sussman hanging out with you on a Thursday. And Brad, we actually talked, you and I specifically, before the season began, about the use of a foreign substance. We talked about Michael Pinedo and, and the, um, the substance that he had on the back of his neck. And it kind of came up again when the Yankees faced off against the Mariners a, a week or two back. And we saw through the Yes cameras that uh, Yusei Kikuchi had something right on the under the brim of his hat. And, you know, he would take the hat and he'd wipe it and he'd do the thing and the wipe his arms. And it was very obvious what he was doing. You pointed that out to me that every time you see a pitcher do the same thing, like, you know what they, do, they were doing. And that actually leads me back to last night, Frank, that between every batter, Dan Straley rubbed both of his arms, rubbed his every single time. Didn't help, though. 
No, it did not help Dan Straley at all last night. <laughs> um, but he was doing the same thing. I was like, this guy was routine. I'm like, oh, yeah, Brad told me about this. Like, it's clearly he's got some suntan lotion or, or, or whatever to better grip the ball. But, again, it, it didn't help. Does Obviously, Aaron Boone didn't say anything or do anything about it because he doesn't care because his pitchers are doing the same thing, as you pointed out. Almost all pitchers are doing something to get a better grip. It's an unwritten, acceptable rule uh, in baseball. But... Does using a substance help with a particular pitch? And can we use as fantasy owners this information to help us at all? Uh, I mean, it can. It, it depends on the substance, I guess. Um, when you're talking about, um, you know, if it's a pine tar or the sunscreen and rosin combination, that kind of thing, that that's not going to help with a particular pitch. That's a pitcher just looking to get better grip on the ball. Um, it, it's, you know, the balls are slick. They get in this routine um, where they... It, after you do it a couple times, you just want to have that feel and the consistency. So you basically just do it every start. Um, even if the balls don't feel that slick that night. Um, at the same time, um, I, I, they could do a lot in baseball if they just would enhance the, the mud that they rub the ball up with. Um, we had a bullpen catcher in Oakland that, that put some, uh, Barbasol shaving cream in the, the, he would rub the ball up with the mud first and then put the shaving cream over the top just for the bullpen balls, not for the game balls, but the bullpen balls felt amazing. And the problem is you throw with this ball that felt amazing. You go out in the game and, and all of a sudden you're throwing with slick balls again. So did you put any shaving cream in your back pocket that you would rub up and pretend you're going to get some sunflower seeds, but really a shaving cream? Uh, no. Okay. No. And that's, um, you know, but from that standpoint, it doesn't affect the pitch. You know, you can get a glob of pine tar on a ball. You've, you've seen, you know, the, the Phil Necro thing where you use sandpaper to stuff yeah. the ball up. If you're changing the surface of the ball, that's completely different than using something for grip. And so, um, yeah, you can make the ball move funny ways. I, I've heard stories about guys even putting like Vaseline in their mouth. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, and they, they'd grab it. And, and when the ball's when the ball's slick like that and you're trying to get that slick feeling coming off your hand, you can make the ball move quite a bit more uh, doing that. So, um, you know, at least from what I've heard, I, that's something I never tried because I was always afraid I'd, I'd chuck it over the back stuff um, <laughs> in, in addition to, uh, you know, not wanting to, to do anything like that to begin with. So but it's there. There are guys who have figured out certain things. And and from that standpoint on, on you know, when it's the tacky substance stuff, it's it's all for grip. We talked before, most hitters don't care um, because they want the pitcher knowing where the ball's going as opposed to the ball feeling slick and a guy's throwing 95 and it, it gets away from him and smokes a, you know, smokes a hitter in the back or the, the head or, you know, have, you know, heaven forbid something worse. Well, whatever you say Kikuchi's been doing, Greg, it's worked. he's got to keep doing it. So whether it's a substance or, you know, pitch mix or whatever he's doing differently, uh, keep doing it because it's working for, for fantasy baseball purposes. Uh, Greg teased before the break that we were going to talk about uh, some young players, specifically, you know, guys uh, getting derailed, their momentum from injury and then bouncing back from that. So we've seen that already with Clint Frazier. He got off to a red-hot start this year, uh, no pun intended there. Um, but then he hit the IL and came back and just completely threw him off, Brad. Like, he's striking out every other Brad. at bat. Uh, he did have a multi-homer game this week, so it looks like he's starting to bounce back a little bit. But uh, we also saw Willie Calhoun get called up, and he was crushing it. Now he has a quad injury, and he lands on the IL. So... I just wanted to ask you from a major league player perspective, what happens when your rhythm gets snapped like that, especially you know, for a younger player? Um, and you know, how hard is it to, to bounce back from something like that, uh, especially for some of these young guys like Clint Frazier and Willie Calhoun? 
Uh, it is challenging. It's it's tough for them to to keep a rhythm going. I mean, baseball is so much a, a rhythm sport. And when you're on when you're feeling good and you're on a hot streak like Frazier was early in the season, um, you you just want to get out there every day. You don't want you don't want any days off. You don't want any games rained out. Um, you you don't you don't you just want to go out there and play. And and then the injury. Typically with with an injury is you have to sit and and do almost nothing for a, a week to 10 days, depending on the injury. And then you try to come back and get that rhythm back. And it's just not the same. Like you've taken too much time off to, to let the injury heal. And it's it's tough. It's it's tough to to get that rhythm back. I mean, it's it's tough even from a pitcher standpoint. Say you're a reliever, you just get four or five days off because of the way the game flow was. It's hard to go back out there and be really sharp that next time. But a lot of times you don't like pitching. Uh, if you're a closer, you know that that's used to pitching these tight games, and then all of a sudden you've got a ten to one game, and and they're like, hey, you haven't pitched three days. We're going to throw you out there. That mentality is different too, and it can it can end up leading to a tough inning for a guy and ended up kind of throwing him out of the rhythm he was in before that. So um, it, it's, it's, I'm, you know, there's obviously no scientific way to say like, Hey, when you come back from this injury, we're going to, you can do this and, and keep the same rhythm you had going. Um, at the same time, I, from a, from a fantasy standpoint, because of that, I would be inclined to hold on to these guys, put them on your IL spot. If you have one, um, even if you don't, you know, there was enough production there early to hold on to them. And then right about the time where it's the, it's like they're finishing up the rehab assignment, they're going to come back, find a team that needs needs the guy at that position and trade him away because the odds of them coming back hitting as well as they were before that are, are very low. I mean, let's be honest, Willie Calhoun's not going to hit 430 all season. So so you probably already got the best of him at that point. Trade him away while you can get get some high value for him because if he comes back and goes oh for his first 19, who's going to want him at that point? I think that's a really good point by Brad, too, especially, Greg, the last thing that we remember about Willie Calhoun was that everyone was spending all this fab money on him, and I think when he's ramping up his rehab and getting ready to return, I think people are going to be excited for him I just agree. like that once again. So you might be able to flip him, and it's funny you say that, Brad, because uh, over the weekend, once it was announced that Stanton was going to go on a rehab assignment, I was able to trade him in one of my home leagues to pick up Zach Wheeler because I needed starting pitching, so... Uh, I'm obviously grateful that I, I was able to pull that off. I couldn't predict that Stanton was going to get hurt again, but once I saw he was going to go on a rehab, I started shopping him, I moved him, and this might be something to consider, Greg, for some of these other sluggers that are coming back for the Yankees, specifically Aaron Judge. You know, we spoke about Oblique earlier with Wade Davis. There's going to be a high percentage chance that for him to re-injure that specifically. So he was a borderline first-round pick. You might be able to move Aaron Judge when he gets close to returning. Uh, and then another guy in D.D. Gregorius, although I don't ha have as many concerns for D.D. as I do for Aaron Judge. Brad, I know we got to let you go, but I wanted to have one follow-up because you talked about baseball is such a game of resiliency and a game of streaks and, and, and getting hot and getting out of slumps and, and regaining form. And Aaron Boone is doing something interesting today. Glaber Torres has 12 home runs of the year, 10, 10 of which are against the Orioles. Gary Sanchez has like 16 home runs, 12 against seems, 12 of which seem uh, to be against the Orioles. Both Sanchez and Torres are out of the lineup today. And you said, hey, when you get hot, you go to the manager owner, the manager, and be like, what are you doing? So if you're Glaber Torres, you're Gary Sanchez, who are just on this incredible hot streak against the Orioles, not in the lineup today in a game that uh, first pitch, I believe, is scheduled for five minutes from now. Um, what do you do? I mean, he basically said, I wanted to give these guys a day off, and it's a day after a night game. Why not now? What, what do you do to stay hot? Because you're scorching right now, and you're out of the lineup. 
Well, the part of the difference is because, um, you know, when you're hurt, you don't even get to take batting practice a lot of times. And and so you completely lose your swing. Whereas these guys can still go through the normal routine, hit off a tee, hit BP. They might get a chance to pinch hit later in the game, uh, you know, when the game's on the line. And, and that's a spot they would be huge weapons coming off the bench uh, based on their success against Baltimore and, and how confident they would be in that scenario. Um, at the same time, just the the nature of the game today, there's no one playing 162 games anymore. Or very, very few guys do. Um, you want to keep them healthy all year. You don't want to to do to these guys by running them out there every single day and, and running to the ground. What happened to Stanton? What happened to Judge? What happened to Frazier? All these you know different scenarios. He's trying to find a way to balance that because they've been snake bit like crazy in, in you know for that franchise this year. They want to alter that. So they're like, look, the guys that are healthy, they're playing well. We want to keep them that way. Um, you know, a lot of times they would have known last night that they weren't playing today. Um, it g- gives them a chance to kind of, you know, go out, have a, have, you know, maybe have a little bit of a late night out and, and just kind of take some, some steam off because they can't do that on, on when they're going out and, and playing every single day and, and get a good, really good night of sleep. Just knowing like, I don't, I can wake up tomorrow, be a little more relaxed when I get to the park and then kind of flip that switch later in the game and, and be ready to go the next day. A lot of times a mental day off, uh, can, can be beneficial, um, just like a physical day off cam. All right, there you go. It's Brad Ziegler from well, The Athletic, I guess. He has a podcast on The Athletic with Jake Seeley. And Brad joins us each and every week. He's a wealth of fantasy football knowledge and, of course, all of his baseball background as well. We appreciate the time, Brad. We look forward to talking to you next week. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. There you go. It's Brad Ziegler. I think it's a good place to go now, Frank. Mentioning Gleyber Torres, uh, mentioning Giancarlo Stanton, mentioning the Yankees and Gary Sanchez as well. Talk about last night's Yankee game. Admittedly, Yankee fans. Admittedly, uh, Oriole bashers after just watching this team all week. And the Orioles are awful. But they're announcing not so awful. No, it's not. I actually, uh, I actually love Gary Thorne. He was, he, he's called a few of the video games, too. Like, they right. used his announcer voice uh, yep. for video games. Not his and- announcer voice, just his voice. Well, yeah. But, come on, Greg. Like, you, you could call me out. But uh, it is just a big story as well. I don't think it's just because, like, oh, we live in New York. We're Yankees fans. I mean, Labor Torres is hot. He's one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. Another two home runs. Ten of his 12 homers coming against the Baltimore Orioles. Gary Sanchez hits another one. Shout out to Drew, Drink- uh, Drew Dinkmeyer. He-, he liked Gary Sanchez yesterday. Said that during the FanDuel hurry-up video. Uh, Tyro Estrada getting it done, too, man. I mean, the Yankees are just getting it done, even without these guys in the lineup, Greg. They are. They are getting it done. And for Labor Torres... It's, he's frustrating Orioles fans. He's frustrating Orioles announcers. And last night's home runs sounded like this. During the streak, he's hitting over 400 during this 10-game hit streak. Torres pumps that one in the air. That's to left center field. Wilgerson back. I, I don't know. <laughs> Goodbye, I don't know. home run. I, I, just, I don't know. You cannot imagine this happening. <laughs> In Major League Baseball <laughs> or any other place in baseball. I like that he had to still get his call in there, right? Like he had to get the goodbye home run in there. Goodbye home run. It's like <laughs> it's Michael Kay. It was obviously like, all right, see ya. Like, like no matter what, he had to get his call in. You have to. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a that's the rule of uh, announcing. Baseball announcing right? Yeah, yeah. All right, it was like all right, goodbye home run. Thanks, thanks, Gary, for making sure you got your call in there. <laughs> but Glaber, so Glaber Torres goes deep and he just the runs earned. Pause, pause for one second. Pause it for one second. So, Gleyber Torres uh, hits the first home run. And I was sitting there watching. Like, I cannot believe he did this again. This is ridiculous. Like, this is ridiculous. So, of course, then he comes up later in the game, and then this happens. 
Runs four hits in that ball game. Two of the runs earned. In the air to right field. Mancini going back on the ball by Torres. Way back up and. Did that sound? It was like in He's just laughing. Goodbye, home run. There it is. Goodbye, home run. Last two at bats. He's hit home runs numbers 11 and 12 on the season. 11 and 12 on the season, 9 and 10 against the Orioles. How many Orioles have 10 home runs this year? Uh, not, not Does Mancini many. have it? Uh, Mancini's close. Uh, he has 10. He has 10. He does okay. have 10 home runs. How many 10 home runs does like, VR have? Uh, definitely not 10. He has 5. Does anybody on the Orioles have more than 10? I can't imagine so. I mean, Trey Mancini has consistently been their best hitter all season long. Uh, Renato Nunez hit his... Ninth of the season last night, so he's probably the next closest one. So I, I just love if you listen closely to that second call, there's just like an audible sound in the background. It, it just it kind of just sounds like he's either like slapping his leg or he's like falling off the chair. He's got nothing. He's got like this, Torres like dead, has dead, dead air for like more home runs against the Orioles than any player on the Orioles has in general. Other than Trey Mancini, who has the same amount. That is correct. Nobody has more home runs than Gleyber Torres. Nobody on the Orioles has more home runs than Gleyber Torres has this year against the Orioles. So can, can someone make the argument, Greg, and say now is the time to try and sell high on Gleyber Torres because he's not always going to be facing the Baltimore Orioles? I think that's a fair argument to make, yes, Frank. But he's going to face other bad pitchers in baseball too, right? He's also Not nearly as bad as the Baltimore Orioles. He's also batting three hundred. You know, he's still batting 300. Yes, he, I mean, he faced the Orioles 11 times thus far. Yeah, he definitely... 11, right? It's 11 games versus the Orioles, 10 home runs. Is that, I believe that's the number. I think so, Greggy. I, I wouldn't be trying to sell him. Oh, it's, he's 22 years old. It's fun. Yeah. It is. And, and I mean, look, he's doing all this without the, uh, the protection in the lineup and no Stanton and no Judge. And the counting stats are still really good. 12 homers, 28 runs, 26 ribbies, three stolen bases, 302. Five to a player, Greg. I mean, I don't think that we're expecting uh, many more stolen bases. Like, if he gets to 10, if he gets to 12, fine. That would be great. But look at some of these other numbers, rest of season, projections for on fan graphs. You know, guys like Derek Cardi with the bat and the steamer projections. They have him for between 18 and 20 home runs, 21 home runs the rest of the way. That would give him anywhere from 30 to 33 homers at the end of the season. Uh, what, what, would middle the, infielder. what would those home runs sound like, Chris? Just, just wondering. If, if they happened to come against the Orioles, what, what, what would those home runs sound like if he, if he did what Derek Hardy's projecting? Okay. So it would sound like nothing. Uh, you give me one of those balls, I could drop it, and that's what it sounds like. I was, uh, Drop, uh, dropping the ball? I, I wanted to, uh, yeah. yeah. That's what it sounded like, yeah. I wanted to know, uh, I, I wanted to know what Gary Thorne uh, would, would have made it sound like. Uh, we can only do that once per segment, Greg. 44.7% hard hit rate, 41% fly ball. Look, Florio dubbed the 40-40 club. Glaber Torres is part of that as a middle infielder. If this guy hits 30 bombs, he, will, he would have lived up to his fifth, sixth round price tag, which so many people were scared that he wasn't going to be able to live up to. He's living up to it right now. Not over the ball dropping thing. <laughs> I'm trying to let it go, but you're not. I can't. Tyro Estrada in the lineup again today, Greg. Great. Tyro Estrada. Like I mean, it's fine. I mean, I'd rather Glaber be One there. One day after Clint. But as, but as, Rev, as Riverev Blues uh, tweeted out, 
Like, there's never a good time to bench Gary Sanchez and Gleyber Torres. You're never going to want him to. But, like, against the Orioles, like, come on. Yeah. Come, come on. on. We need this. By the way. That also works in favor of. In the ball by oh. Torres. Way I back think, up and. I need to call for it now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the sound that I was talking about. Yeah. Uh. Back up and. Yeah. Yeah. You. Or Gary Thorne, man. He does a great job. Too. Goodbye, home run. What is he going to do? Goodbye, Orioles home run. are 15 and 34. What is he going to do? He's going to sit there and say goodbye, home run a lot. <laughs> goodbye, home run. Goodbye, you can't run. imagine this happening in baseball. Goodbye, home run. How do you think Jim Brockmeyer would have called that game? Hell, goodbye, home run. Drink. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Uh, Gleyber Torres, again, with another home run against the Baltimore Orioles. I can't believe it, Jim. Neither can you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable goodbye, Homer. But Jim Brockmar. Pretty good. Other than the Yankees, we'll talk about the Mets. Because they want us money. Talk about it next. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Game time decisions. Hey, you know what's crazy, actually? A guy last night from Scarborough was watching a Raptor game with. He was talking about, like, marriage and about how he just got divorced. Sometimes. Hard to find a single partner, Gabe. Diamond in the rough. Something in the air. Divorce. Like, yeah, so I don't know. Sounds like maybe we should, like, we have timeshare. Like, uh, we should have, like, a divorce sort of thing. Excellent point. Hey, you want to get out of your timeshare ad? We've got that guy. That ad's the best. Thanks, Dad. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Back up and you. I don't even know. Goodbye, home run. I mean, welcome back to the fantasy best friends forever. Frank Stanfield joined by Greg Sussman. Hopefully, at some point, we'll be back. He was teasing the Mets in the Nationals game before he went to break. If you checked out the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page yesterday, you would have seen that Greggy thought that the total in that game was a sucker bet. 
His reasoning, Vegas knows. Vegas always knows. The total for that game yesterday was six and a half. And we did get a pitcher's duel between Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. And I would argue that Greg got a little bit lucky here. Six runs in the eighth inning scored by the New York Mets to go over the number. The Mets win six to one. And I'm sure Greggy will have some more other fun bets similar to this that he made yesterday. He said, fade the Mets in the Nationals. Go under. We'll fade the under for the six and a half there. And he knew it. He called it. The game ends six to one. But was the only under I called, Frank. You get the much needed bounce backs from Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer, which was always great to see, Greg. wasn't the only under I called. I also had the, that Indians-Oakland yeah, under that's as well right. you sat during right the show. Here yeah. During the day games, and you said... I'm doing well. You want, you want some day action? I'm feeling good, man. Hey, you're on a roll, man. Stay yeah. hot, Greg Sussman. We're going to try. Hot. I'm going to give you a pick a little bit later on in today. Pick a little bit later on in the show. you got to stay tuned for it. Stay tuned. Yeah. So Mets and Nats, you got a great outing from Max Scherzer. You got a great outing from Jacob DeGrom. And... I wouldn't say it was like needed from both of them, but it was obviously very, very good to see. I think it was needed. You think so? Yeah. All right. Uh, DeGrom, six innings, one run, two hits, three walks, eight strikeouts, only run he allows was, I believe, a leadoff home run to Adam Eaton, or sorry, he was batting second yesterday with Turner leading off. Uh, a first inning home run to Adam Eaton, and then Max Scherzer allowed nothing in his six innings of work. Did throw 109 pitches, though. It's a lot over six innings. Uh, but four hits, two walks, he struck out nine. Really good outings from both DeGrom and Scherzer. But thanks to the bullpen implosions, we were good. And we went over the number. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I think this is just me being greedy and Max Scherzer fantasy owners out there being greedy in general. That you wanted a little bit more length here from Max Scherzer. He goes the six innings pitch. But you mentioned it, Greg. He needed 109 pitches to get through six innings against that Mets lineup yesterday. I was expecting more. But overall, still really good performance. Uh... Six hits and walks combined over six innings pitch, so that's a one whip, nine strikeouts. Obviously, you'll take that. He had 25 swinging strikes. On the other side, Greg, Jacob deGrom, who had been scuffling a little bit here. You're not used to seeing him walk this many guys. He had th- still had three walks yesterday. Uh, gave up the home run, but settled down. Eight strikeouts against a really, really good Washington Nationals lineup, one that's getting better and obviously getting a little bit more healthy and getting their, their legs underneath them. Uh, Trey Turner back. Obviously, Anthony Rendon back. Juan Soto they're all kind of returning from injury and starting to gel a little bit. Matt Adams back yesterday as well for the team. Um, and then Victor Robles, the only one we're missing. Carter Keeboom. Let's get Keeboom back on this roster. Come on, Brian Dozer's hitting 203 with a 658 OPS. Get him out of here, Greggy. Get him out of here. Was your mic on for that? Nope. You might want to repeat it. Get him out of here. There you go. Sorry, I was, I was coughing. I didn't want me to cough on there, so I shut my mic off. That was, that was a problem there. Um, yeah, it was, it was a bad outing for the Nationals' bullpen, who uh, saw the implosion of both Kyle Barraclaw and Sean Doolittle. Everyone was crushing the Nats' bullpen all over Twitter yesterday. Understandably so. Um, Sean Doolittle has actually pitched really well other than last night. So I didn't feel, I didn't feel like he deserved all this blame, but that's what it is. Kyle Barraclaw has not been great. No, Kyle Barraclaw's being atrocious. So has uh, Trevor Rosenthal for this team. Horrific. You were trying to turn back the clocks with... Uh, if I can turn back time. I forgot I wasn't allowed to sing. My bad. They, they, were, uh, they, they tried to turn back the clocks, or turn back time, as Greg likes to say, for a guy like Trevor Rosenthal. It hasn't worked out. Kyle Barraclaw, always a guy that was able to get a lot of strikeouts in Miami, but um, you know, struggles with walks, gives up some runs at times, and you see that here. Uh, Greg, we might be down to a two-team race for Craig Kimbrell's services. You think the Nats and the Braves? It might be an NLE showdown here. 
Well, but here's the thing, right? So I know we did this with the Mets a couple of days ago, but it's much worse than that. And that's are currently 11 games under 500. What business do they have going out and getting Craig Gilmore? How does right Davey now? Martinez still have he, a job right now? And I don't know that it's even his fault necessarily, but what are we doing here? Sure. What are we doing? Of course. I mean, this team has Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg. They signed Patrick Corbin. I don't care that you lost Bryce Harper. There's no excuse for this, man. Like, you know, the Mets are getting crushed right now for getting off to uh, a decent start and then slowing down here, and they're 23 and 25. I feel like no one's talking about the Nationals, Greg. They're 19 and 30. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... This was a team that was picked by multiple people, us, and we're not the only ones, Greg, to win the National League East. Yeah, I... They're 11 games under 500. What's going on here? Come on. Um, uh, that's why I don't think they signed Kimbrell. Uh, that's why I think Kimbrell heads. I think it's. Just, uh, I, I think he heads to Atlanta. I think they're a clear favorite. Yeah. I don't want to rule out Boston still. Makes sense. That's about it, probably. I, mean, I know we heard I, whispers I, about Milwaukee, but I've mentioned Chicago before too. Yeah, definitely. Cubs, so. definitely, Let's especially especially has, with the way the Cubs are playing right now. Shaq has performed well. See. Cubs are certainly an option uh, there, no doubt about it's it. It's like right around June 2nd, June 3rd, right, when the draft competition That's right. comes off? That's right. So we're looking at a few weeks away if you held on to Craig Kimbrel. Not a few weeks, dude. A week. Uh, well, yeah, like a week and a half. Whatever. It's like 10, 11 days. Whatever. Like the Monday after, like a week from this Monday, he could sign. Yes. Perfect. We'll I'm sure he will. And he'll probably be back in the bullpen shortly after that. The reason I brought up the Red Sox because, is because of what happened last night for Boston. Uh, as the Red Sox bullpen, well, they all just let up runs. We expect this from the Blue Jays' bullpen, not necessarily from Boston's bullpen. As Brandon Workman, Matt Barnes, uh, and, and Marcus? I was going to say Marcus. It is Marcus. All right, cool. Marcus Walden all allowed runs for Boston in their inning or two of work. Uh, they all just were not good yesterday uh, against Toronto. Boston ultimately won in extra innings 6-5. to five. With uh, Rick Porcello pitching well, six innings, three hits, one run. Didn't walk anybody. He struck out four. Aaron Sanchez also pitched pretty well. Six innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Could not drop him after that, Frank. No, I think that's a, that's a good job by you. You uh, preach patience for once here, Greg. One We're time. Used to saying one that, time. Seeing that from you, but uh, I think that was a good call. I, I have him in a few 15-team leagues still holding on as well, uh, but needed to see this as well for Aaron Sanchez. Again, his last start, he was cruising through, I think it was three, four innings, gets pulled with a blister. For whatever reason, the way that he throws, he's always dealing with blisters. And I still think that Aaron Sanchez is a competent pitcher. I think that he can be a viable pitcher for fantasy purposes, but he's always dealing with these blisters. So you just have to know that when it comes to him. Like, there's a chance that every single start that he makes, he can leave early due to a blister. He's kind of like the Anthony Davis of fantasy baseball, except... Not nearly as valuable as Anthony Davis. He's like a really, really poor man's Anthony Davis. Um, I don't think he has a unibrow or anything like that. But overall, this was a really good start for him going up against the Boston Red Sox, being able to limit them to just two earned runs. An offense that, frankly, Greg, even without J.D. Martinez, has been coming around, led by Rafi Devers. Look at what Rafi Devers is doing in the month of May. I mean, the guy is just red hot right now. So I know he got off to a slow start. We spoke about him. You know, maybe a month ago's time, Greg, and we said, you know, he's doing things differently this year. He's not striking out as much, but it seems like he's hitting more for contact and he's sacrificing some power. But seemingly, since we brought that up, um, he's, been, he's been able to turn this around, Greg. 
so in the month of May, specifically for Rafi Devers, 341 batting average, six homers, 19 ribbies, two stolen bases, a 992 OPS. He has six home runs and an underrated part of his game, Greg. Six stolen bases. Something you don't expect from Rafi. Absolutely Devers. not. Great job by him. Turning it around. He's, he's finally, looks like he's uh, paying off some of that value that, that we thought he could have. I, I feel like I may have missed one of my favorite parts of the day annually. What happened? I, I didn't miss your, your, your daily tantrum yet. I missed it. I didn't have one yet. No, you didn't have it when Daniel Murphy's on the bench today? Oh, Daniel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and it's against a righty, too. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you, know, you, know how to, you know how to rile me up, Greg. You know how to, you know, those little toys where you just like wind up the back ah, and they go marching back and forth? Yeah. That's what you do. You like doing that to me, don't you? I do. Very and, much uh, so. It's just Daniel, Daniel Murphy and David Dahl. I mean, those are the two names. That's David Dahl mention. is in the lineup Dahl today. wasn't in the lineup yesterday. So, of course, if you own both of these guys, they can never be in the lineup together. Here we go. Why would we have that? Come on, Bud Black. We can't have nice things. Daniel Murphy. Finally gets off the schneid. Hits a bomb last night. You know what, Daniel Murphy? You played so well. We're going to stick you on the bench. Going up against Jordan Lyles today in PNC. The swing looked pretty good from Daniel Murphy last night. I saw the home run. Sure did. This looks like vintage Daniel Murphy. Nice little uppercut swing on this. Hits a bomb to right center field. And you know what you get? A benching. 12.35. I get it a little bit more, Greg, because Daniel Murphy, it doesn't seem like he's completely over this finger injury, and they're trying to find ways to give him days off. So I guess it's day game after a night game. That's their excuse for Daniel Murphy. Whatever. At least, at the least, David Dahl is in there. So that's great to see. I was so happy to see that Daniel Murphy home run, Greg, last night. I said, please, over the weekend, you're going up against Baltimore. Give me a few more of these. Give me two Daniel Murphy homers. Or give me death. Or give me two David Dahl homers. Just or give me, homers me death. From D&D, not, you know, uh, the guys who so wrote you Game want- of Thrones and ruined it. The new D&D. If your initials are D&D, you suck. So you want the double Ds. David Dahl and you want, Daniel Murphy. You want the D&D. double Ds. David and Daniel. Give Frank the double D's. Dingers this weekend so I can trade your asses away. So you want triple D's. Get off my you want, you want triple D. And get off my lawn. You want triple D. What black. You want the dingers from double D, which makes triple D. <laughs> Whatever you want it to be, Greggy. That was my rant. Thanks for riling me up. Starling Marte still has a base. That's cool. Gregory Polanco hit a home run. Also cool. Are you, is that bad? Uh, <laughs> that's a little bad. Don't you own Gary Polanco? I do, uh, but what happened was on Tuesday, he was scratched from the lineup, and I didn't know why, and I benched him. <laughs> For who? Um, his teammate, Brian Reynolds. Because I thought if there was going to be like uh, an extended absence here, that Brian Reynolds would just fill in for him. I, I just can't do anything right. Feel like you may have... I want to just do the show for the rest of the day without me. I feel like you may have you know, gotten too cute there, Frank. But the thing was... So my thinking was, I'll walk you through the process. I love the process. Gregory Polanco obviously was dealing with the shoulder injury before the season, and when I saw that he was scratched due to undisclosed injury, I mean, all these thoughts start going through my mind. I'm like, well, I don't know what he's dealing with. You know, he might miss a couple of games here. He might miss the entire week. So, And you know, for me, Greg, when it comes to points leagues, I can't stand my, my players not playing. And of course, Ryan Reynolds is not playing today, and Gregory Polanco is. But at the time, I didn't know that. So I just said, all right, let me pick up his replacement, which would be Brian Reynolds, and I'll put him in the lineup. Mm. And he's done all right so far. I think he had like a double and a couple of walks so far on the week. 
So that was my thing. I, was, I want to get something rather than nothing. I didn't even know if Gregory Polanco was going to play. And he's playing. He's playing well. He's hitting a dinger. But overall, if you own Gregory Polanco, I think you're pleasantly surprised Very by much what so. you got from him so far. I mean, uh, I couldn't have predicted that the power would come back this quickly for him, Greg. And... Um, uh, I, I'm I'm very welcoming. Absolutely for this uh, production. Back to Boston and Toronto from last night for a moment. Mookie Betts homer for the eighth time this year. Michael Chavis homer for the tenth time this year. To go along with what you mentioned of Rafi Devers, Betts also stole his fifth base of the season. Nice to see Betts do a little bit of both last night. Gets the OBP back over 400 for Toronto. Rowdy Tellez homers again. He's third home run in two days for the ninth God. homer of the season. What? He's hot. He is hot. Uh, Vladdy Daddy, fifth homer of the year for Vladimir Guerrero He's Jr. Hot. He's hot as well. Blue Jays are getting hot. Justin Smoke homer for the seventh time this year. And you know, this is what I said. Uh, this is why I said what I said about Rowdy Telez maybe a month ago. I wrote about it a little bit on my Patreon, and I was trying to pick him up everywhere because I thought that the Blue Jays' offense was about to take off once Vladimir Guerrero joined the team. Now, it's taken a few weeks, but, I mean, he's one of the hottest hitters in baseball right now. And then, because of that, I think that everyone else on the team is kind of feeding off this energy, Greg. And, you know, when you have runners on base, like, pitchers fall behind in counts. They have to, they have to pitch to you. We saw that the other day with Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, fall behind in count. You have to pitch to Rowdy Tellez. What happens? Boom, two dingers. Last night, another dinger for Rowdy Tellez. So if he was dropped, especially in deeper leagues, you need a corner infielder, you need a first baseman, a utility bat, whatever it might be. I think that Roddy Telez is about to do a little bit of what I was expecting when Vladimir Guerrero got called up, Greg. Roddy Telez finally coming through for fantasy owners in the middle of that lineup. This entire Blue Jays lineup opening up with Vladimir Guerrero getting hot. Kind of what you expected. Maybe a week or two after what you expected. But at least it's happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, was a, it was a matter of time. Look, the, I mean... Vladimir Guerrero is too talented. Everything that we heard about him coming into the year, his plate discipline, his, his ability to make contact in all different kinds of pitches, um, he's legit. He's legit. And it was just a matter of time. I mean, you see that with the home runs he's hitting. Straightaway center field. Uh, he'd go to all fields. He's a legitimate hitter. And I think that's going to rub off on rest of the, uh, some of the rest of these guys here, specifically Rowdy Tellez. So I'm a fan of him. He was dropped. Pick him back up. Didn't you drop him somewhere? I did. <laughs> dropped him in the pit league. So will you be picking him back up in the pit league? Uh, it, it's something that I would consider. I, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you just said a quote, yeah. and you dropped him, pick him back up. Now you're like, well, I'll consider. Yeah, but I, I was able to pick up Dan Vogelbach because someone dropped him. Sure. But I would argue that Dan Vogelbach is, has more value than Rowdy Tellez, so why would it's I probably, drop It's probably close. It's close, but yeah, why would I? I mean, if anything, they're similar players, so it's probably a wash, Greg. Oh, I have two pitchers going against you right now, Frank. Is that true? I do. I have one. I have... Strasburg. Uh, I got against the Metsies. I got Masahiro Tanaka. How about that lineup for the Metsies today, Greggy? And Jordan Lyles. Yeah, the Mets lineup today is hysterical. It's like absolutely hysterical. But you know what's not hysterical about what? it? JD Davis is in it, Greg. And this is what we wanted. This is what we were banging the table for. Jeff McNeil. No, Rajai Davis. Bobby Cano. Onto the IL. Add JD Davis, man. Especially in deeper leagues. If this guy, especially if he has third base and outfield eligibility, he's going to have dual eligibility. And I went over this either, I think it was yesterday. The underlying numbers for J.D. Davis are really good. The stack has numbers. He hits the ball hard. Um, he hits the ball in the air. He's, you know, he's had like five home runs and limited playing time this year. And he's batting second. He's batting second for the Mets. So I'm interested. Definitely interested in J.D. Davis, Greg. 
By the way, Inside Injury just tweeted out, we're going to talk to Dr. Ray coming up in about 20 minutes or so. In regards to J.D. Davies, in regards to the Mets, Robinson Cano, this comes directly from Inside Injuries. He has a concerning injury history that includes a quad strain in 2017, hamstring strains in 2017 and 2018, and in the past, he has struggled to quickly overcome these lower body muscular strains. This may be a lengthy absence for the Mets' second basement. Directly from Inside Injuries. Who did we talk with before the season that was worried about him? Was it Brad Ziegler or was it Ian Kahn? Because I'm getting it confused now. I don't think it was Ian Kahn. One of them was really it's worried Brad. about Robinson. It's probably Brad because we, we, we drafted him and then Brad told us we're idiots. I think you're right. But yeah, shout out to Brad Ziegler. He said that he was worried about Cano this year, one year older, and the fact that he got caught for the steroids last year that might have been something that helped him for so many years be the Iron Man that he was, not able to miss That's exactly right. what Brad said. And... What's happening now, the first year after getting busted with the PEDs, find himself underperforming, dealing with injuries. So, as Eagle knows. Our number two with Chris Mentor and Dr. A is next.